Please be seated. I always prepare a little thought, a blessed little thought, as Rick Bob's of blessed memory used to refer to it, a BLT, for uh, our time together on Christmas night. Thinking it will do for Christmas Day. But night and day are two different things. And as I learned again and again, the importance of having churches with windows where the light can come in to allow God's use of the orbs of the sun and moon to set the temple for what we do in here is critical. Christmas night and Easter dawn are the two poles on which the whole liturgical year is strung. But Easter Day is a very special day in its own right. <coughs> Easter night, this simple little box of us looks quite magical with candlelight, the power to create a kind of a warm glow and cut through it here and there with brighter luminaries. But in the day, we have the cool light of our northern bright skies and dark earth coming in again. And for those who gathered with their children or with the child within them, wondering at the pile of presents under the tree and offering, wondering what it is, and if our parents have done their job, they will frustrate whatever attempt we can make to find out what's in there before it's given to us. There's something bigger. Before I knew the Lord, I would sit as a child on my on my, like this, literally on the carpet, before the tree for hours on end, just staring at the colored globes. And knowing that even from that pagan, very pagan symbol of human sacrifice, the Christmas tree, which the Christian church has simply taken and reinvigorated, reinvested with new life. Indeed, that's how God seems to work. He takes what is there, reinvests it with new life, the language of his revelation. Hebrew language was the language of the most corrupt culture of the ancient Near East, the Canaanites. But God took it and redeemed it to show what he could do. He doesn't give us a special language from heaven. He takes what is there on earth, enters it, and fills it with his spirit and transforms it. That's his message to us then. Because as pure and beautiful as the childlike hopes might be on Christmas night. By Christmas day when all the wrappings are littered around the floor, the gold and the red and the green is now so much tinsel <coughs> disposed of quickly. And the beginning of the true realization that there might be one too many pairs of socks in the magic and beautifully wrapped presents and even the things that we wanted most are going to lose their charm within days. The cold light of day shows everything. We see everything in equal detail. Like a pinhole camera, everything is in the depth of field, everything is crisp and full of detail. But at night, you pull up your long lens, the depth of field is about two centimeters and you focus on what's essential. The people who walk in darkness are shown the light. But we who walk in light have to learn to walk as people who walk in darkness. Because in the darkness, you direct the light where you need it. And you can only see enough 
to take the next step. I often say we should walk in the moonlight once in a while because there you can see everything again. The shadows are dangerous places, treacherous as they were for those shepherds. But the shepherds could walk in the moonlight. They had to look down all the time to see where their sheep had gone and to bring them back, even on the racks like the shepherd on our west wall. But when the light appears, the moonlight disappears. Everything turns to black, even with a candle. Now we put these things out around the church last night. If you draw around Eaton, this is the ultimate in low tech, like our church aspires to be. You've got LED displays going on all over the place, driving their owners mad as they try to figure out the one short in the system. But you put out this 1880 technology, a paper bag with a little candle inside. Now, by the light of day, what do you see? A paper bag. If you could see inside now, you would see a candle burning. Can't see the candle right now. All you see is a paper bag. There are many lessons in that. Perhaps Paul talks to us about treasure in vessels of clay. By the bright light of day, by the light of sight in biblical language, what you see is what you get. No magic. What you see is what you get. What you have is what you've got. Nothing more. Make the best of it. We become managers of God's blessings. And we manage according to a model of finite, limited uh, limited gain, limited wealth. But at night, when it's dark, and these things come alive and glow, there's magic to that living light. It flickers, yes, it's fragile. Augustus too strong and blow it out. But it brings these things to life. And they serve the purpose of both celebration and navigation. They provide a light for the path that we can follow. As you lay them out ahead, we can follow these things to their destination. We're not stumbling around the way we are with a candle in which everything else is dark and we've got to go like this. They provide a path on which to walk. I think these things also, though, are a symbol of faith. And faith is the bridge on which we walk, if you like, that is strung between doubt and certainty. There are two things faith is not. One, faith is not doubt. Faith and doubt stand opposed. But that is not only the only contradiction or opposition in which faith stands. Faith and certainty also stand in total opposition. Certainty for us, as the, the apostle tells us, not for this time in which we see everything darkly, through a glass darkly, as the old translation says. We will have certainty only when we pass over the chasm that separates us from eternal life lived in eternity with one another. For now, we take that flame of eternal life, but our life is on the bridge that faith is over a very dark chasm. And we feel the tension as we put our weight on that bridge. And it's not made out of stone or cast in concrete. It's spun out of rope or steel wires wound together. And when we stand, on, stand on, the, on the bridge of faith over that dark chasm, our little candle at times seems to be lighting nothing. We feel every tremble 
of that bridge as we walk. But that is the calling we have as Christians, to live in tension, to live in tension, knowing that the fulfillment is ahead. Christmas is about a promise, and a promise that restates itself every time it seems to be fulfilled, a promise that vanishes. But the promise of faith is constant. It brings us back to the same place again and again. The continual rebirth of Jesus, that child, in our hearts. We who are born again, as the 16th century, actually 12th century calling, so clearly says, we who are born again are constantly being reborn by that light of faith. What we need to do is remember what we have seen in darkness, what was real, what was important, and go into the day today carrying this little light with us. I would do it if I could. Take some doing. This is exactly the moment. Carry this fragile thing out into the wind. It's yours. It's mine. Each of us has our own. It trembles at the slightest touch, but that flame is alive. This is faith. This is faith. And we pray that God will darken the glaring world that we see by sight which everything is all important, is nothing but a wall of distractions, and allow us to see in our hearts what really is, what really matters, where the source of all our true happiness is, which is in Him. So, I'll leave this here, our little paper bag, I've said enough. I notice this here, even in Wheaton, bastion of faith, the whole blocks which once were lit with these things as far as the eye could see are now flashing a toothy grin as house after house opts out. We kept ours burning at home and out here and the bigger message of the church going out into the glaring light of the world that sees no need of anything beyond itself. As I was saying downstairs, a world in which we have everything we want, let alone not we need, if we know what we need at all. The church still has to take her doctrine of poverty, of a promise that no one wants to hear, and of a fulfillment that only Jesus can offer. When life closes in, when you're my age, <coughs> and you're dealing with illness, or taking care of your parents, helping them on their journey across that bridge into the world of beautiful light, we need to know what's true.